Hope FM, another quality service from Christ, is the answer ministry. This is the Leadership Forum. Consider if everybody did what you are doing, would the world be a better place? That's a principle for just checking whether what you are doing is correct. Welcome to the Leadership Forum, where we explore principles, practices, and perspectives of effective leadership. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership Forum right here at Hop FM. Listen and leave and also we are live at Hop TV Look and Leave. And you can get us also live on any of the social media handles at Hop FM Live at Hop TV Kenya. My name is Grace Mutiso. Welcome you to our first edition of the Leadership Forum. This is the place where we discuss all matters leaders and all matters followers. And it's, uh, I love calling it a class. Yes, after after this, you go, you do homework. Then you meet. <laughs> in a week's time, you come and say, yeah, it worked or it didn't work. I struggled here and there. And then, you know, uh, <laughs> Reverend Dr. David Ogino will be glad to do the marking. So we learned a lot last year. And this year, we'll be glad to hear, did you implement anything? And, and did it work? Uh, so talk to us. Our SMS line is 20933. Our WhatsApp line is 0717 and you can also go in the comment section at Hop FM Live at Hop TV Kenya. We'll be glad to hear from you. And of course, reminding you in the next hour, we have a segment we call Question of the Day. And what you do on that, we'll be looking at any of the questions that you have on, on matters leadership or if you are a follower and you just need some guidance, you know, we'll be looking at that and asking uh, Bishop Oginde to answer you. So thank you. Looking forward to engaging with you. Allow me at this point to invite uh, <laughs> Bishop Oginde. Good morning, Bishop. Morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Mm. Yes. It's yes. the year of TNT. Yes. <laughs> For those of us in Sitam. Yes. Yeah. We are taking new territories. TNT, taking new territories. Yes. Yeah. Is there any that you are planning to take, Bishop? Wow. A lot. <laughs> a lot of land remains unconquered. Mm. And therefore, we, we, we really want to, to do that. As you know, uh, my assignment in the, what I call the anti-corruption industry, is quite expansive. A lot of territory needs to be taken there. So that's something I'm trusting God for. Mm. Yes. Okay. That, that God will give us uh, a major breakthrough that Kenyans will uh, turn to do the right thing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Any specific thing you'd love us to pray with you these years? You partake this great assignment? Uh, how can I put it? We, we have a new strategic plan that we launched late last year. And we want to see the implementation of that uh, in a very practical way. Uh, so that uh, the, the, the areas of uh, combating corruption, uh, the areas of education of the public and, uh, and, and prevention uh, would, would be implemented in a way that brings impact uh, in this area. So these are, these are things that we want to do. We, we have uh, in July, we have the Africa Anti-Corruption Day. Normally we have just one, like one day when we meet together to commemorate. Uh, this year we are planning to have uh, 
not just one day, but a hundred days. Mm. So we will be sharing with the public on, on some of the things we would like to see happen during that period. So it will be a, an intensive time of uh, uh, encouraging people towards ethical conduct, uh, but also just educating people on the impact of corruption and what we can do to reverse that so that uh, the cries that we have about the high cost of living, uh, serious economic downturn, can be significantly reduced if we uh, acted on some of the corrupt practices that we see in our country. As, as we, many of us know, it has been statistically shown that approximately one third of our national budget goes into corruption. That is a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, that's about 1.2 trillion. If we saved that kind of money, we would not need external help. Mm. We would not need to borrow anything. Uh, we would be self-sufficient. Yeah. So we, we want to see how can we uh, work towards reducing that figure. That's, 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 our, that's our aim, that's our hope. Uh, so that if we can eliminate it, the better. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's a huge territory to conquer. <laughs> to conquer. Mm. But I believe we can. Yes. I believe we can. Mm. Yes. All things are yes. possible. Yes, all things are possible. Okay. Yeah. If we go to a topic of the day, we are talking about motivation. Looking forward to that. Interesting things have happened this past week. Uh, let me say a bit sad also. Yes. That I'd love to hear your comment on Bishop. Number one, very key leaders misbehaving in public. Slapping. <laughs> yes. Fighting, kicking, and uh, doing all sorts of things. Could you speak to these leaders? What's wrong? What are they missing? Is it that they don't know their, their people look up to? They are leaders. They're, they're supposed to be role models. They're supposed to model what followers, followers are to do. Or it's our mistake as Wanjiku. We decided to to vote in just... I don't know even how to put it, Bishop. <laughs> you, you have put it well. That's where I would have started. I think that... Uh, and this is one of the things, like we are just, um, I'm saying, during these uh, days that are coming, that we want to uh, help educate the nation. For us to be, as a, as, a, as a society, to be aware that the decisions that we make eventually come to determine how we live and what kind of nation we live in. When the time for elections come, we seem to throw caution to the winds. And we are focused on very, very narrow interests. And so we end up electing leaders, uh, let me not say all of them, some leaders that should not have been leaders. Um, and immediately after we elect them, we are the same ones who then come round and complain 
how can they do this? How can so-and-so say this? How can so-and-so do this? Yet we are the same ones who put them in the office of leadership. Our elections sometimes, I think, is just uh, a motion that we go through. We don't think carefully because if you, if you take it at organizational level, yes. recruitment is a very serious exercise. Uh, if you miss it at recruitment, you have missed it as an organization. And so you cannot go into a recruitment exercise and just pick anybody no. to join your organization and then expect that your organization will do well. At recruitment is when you want to be as careful as possible. I have sat in a, in, in a recruitment exercise, a panel, uh, here in Sitam when I, was, when I was in the leadership. And I remember one time we were looking for pastors. And uh, we had very many applications, uh, which were shortlisted to 30. And we were looking for about 10 or so pastors. So we had a ratio of one to three. Took us three days to sit with these people, listen to them, interrogate them, and so on. I'm afraid to say that at the end, we concluded that none of these people was the one we are looking for. Yeah. Out of the 30. Out of the 30. It was then we, you know, as a panel, we said, we have sat here for three days. Even though these people have not met our criteria, let's take at least three so that we <laughs> don't go home with empty-handed. <laughs> was this our year decision? <laughs> or there were some who were like, maybe. You know, they were close, but not there. Okay, not the eat. Not the, not the, persons, the persons that we were really looking for. Mm -hmm. But we ended up picking three of them. I can tell you, within a year, we had regretted that oh, decision. Oh, 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 oh. So you can see that whatever decision we made was wrong. And two of those people gave us big trouble. I'm talking about pastors, spiritual people. Men of God. Men of God. <laughs> and, women and women of God. Of God. <laughs> so I, I, I had known this before, but it re-emphasized for me that in recruitment, if you are not sure, don't take. Yeah. You would rather wait and get until you get the right person. Because once you get these people on board, even within an organizational setup, it's almost impossible to get rid of them. It's almost impossible to, to, to lay aside a person that you have recruited. Maybe it is if it's a house girl. <laughs> <laughs> even that one, Bishop, you, you, you release, but you're like, oh, going back to you the market the again. You feel the pain of going back, yes. yes. So it is a very expensive exercise. So now let's extrapolate that into the national organization called Kenya. And we are recruiting workers because that's what they're supposed to be. Yes. They're supposed to be workers who will serve us in different sectors of this society. And we are very careless about it. We are very casual about it. 
we do not consider the critical issues and so we bring these people on board and it doesn't take a year like ours did we start crying right away mm -hmm. because you just realize mm -hmm. we picked on the wrong person and we keep repeating this every election circle what's wrong with us we don't seem to learn we don't seem to learn when it comes to political engagement we don't seem to learn so i would say that uh, our recruitment process is weak and so like you said wanjiko and company mm. need to <laughs> we need to pull up our socks but some of them bishop you, you know during that time of um, what's the time called campaigning campaign yes they really appear to be the, you know, the, the, the follower. This one, this one will serve and, you know, as they share their manifesto and what they, they intend to do. But what do. do you expect? Have you ever sat in an interview panel? Oh, I can work under pressure, Zawa. It's not pressure. <laughs> Leave alone pressure. Yes. People come and they give, begin to tell you stories of what they can do. If you take me, this is what I'm able to do. Uh, they, they, I have worked there and I've done that and uh, uh, in this place I did the other and I have studied this and, and you just listen to that especially the current generation know how to sell themselves they have gone for uh, training on interview sitting and interview yes. and, and they know what to say they know what to do they know how to write their CVs you just look at it and it's so impressive so you need more than just listening to what the person is telling you. You need to really find out who really is this person? What track record do they have? And in most cases, uh, when it comes to elections, we are electing people who are from our general area. Mm. So it is not mm. too difficult to find out who this person is, yes. what is their track record, what have they done, and so on. It's not too difficult. But anybody who is coming to present themselves for an interview, of course, they have to present themselves well. They have to tell you how, how they will uh, transform the organization. You know, <laughs> if, you, if you take me, uh, this is what I'm able to do. Yes. Until you bring them on board and you find, like our judiciary would say, it was just hot air. <laughs> opaque. <laughs> they were opaque with the, with the <laughs> information that they were giving. Yes. Yeah. So we, it calls for doing more due diligence than just going to cast the vote because this person comes from this area and I know them. So going a bit deeper. It's, it's going a bit deeper, but before you go deeper, it's taking elections seriously. Uh, you know, some of us, you are given 100 shillings and you give your vote. 200 shillings and you give your vote. You know? So we don't take elections seriously we don't take this as a true recruitment process that we are looking for men and women who can build our nation so uh we therefore end up with these people who can slap people in public can talk anyhowly can call you names uh we have we have had very strange kinds of happenings with our members of parliaments and leaders at different level in the last several years, not just this particular parliament, but uh, even in previous ones, uh, have shot at members of the public, um, have done crazy things, 
call us names. And these are people we elected to be our leaders. So it is, it is very unfortunate. So in uh, looking, therefore, at the, the, the cases that you have mentioned, it is very sad that a leader can actually conduct themselves with such uh, lack of decorum uh, in, in a public uh, gathering. It, it's very unfortunate. And, and we, we need to help, help these people. Um, the talking, about, talking about the territories that mm. we, we need to take, one of the things, as you know, I do is, uh, uh, together with others, we, we run the Catalid uh, Associates and try to train leaders on better uh, performance, better conduct, uh, uh, dealing with things in a, in a way that brings honor to an organization, but also brings good success. And one of the areas that we focus on is what we call self-leadership, yes. personal leadership. Mm. Uh, dealing with how do you lead yourself first and foremost as a leader, before you lead others. And the kind of things that we are seeing in, in the public are indicators that this person does not have personal leadership. They have found themselves in leadership positions. And there are many of us who find ourselves in leadership positions, but we have not started with personal leadership, mm -hmm. self-leadership. Mm -hmm. And this is a concept that is not very prevalent, it's not very common. In, indeed, it is a new concept in, in leadership studies. Uh, and that's why we actually entered into that space as a catalyst so that we can help individuals to learn how to lead yourself before you lead others. And I must say that we have been very encouraged uh, seeing the kind of responses, the kind of impact this kind of thing has, has had on, 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 uh, on those who have been part of the program uh, this far. And it's an area that, as I look at society, is, is a territory I also want to expand. <laughs> you mm, know, mm. Uh, we, we want to get to, to have more people uh, engaged in this process so that we do not have the kind of thing that we are seeing yeah. uh, in our society and in our organizations. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And if you know them, tell them to listen to the Leadership Forum. It's important that's well, why we are here yes that's why we, and we are here for them and you also our view and our listener yes. one more bishop i'm i'm really concerned we're having so many cases of uh you know deaths you know um a, a young lady found mutilated you, you know the other one a young man you know being alleged is killed so many issues of people killing each other and people found dead I, I i don't know what your comment is on that is it that you're missing something is it that you are a depressed yeah. nation depressed people and we need yeah when when life becomes unbearable and difficult you expect these kinds of things to be on the increase people taking their own lives people taking the lives of others why would one kill another. Uh, psychologists would tell you that usually is out of frustration. 
you know, you become an object of my uh, frustration. I see you as the one who is standing on the way to my enjoying my life. And that can start with something very small. You, you have heard of a parent killing a child for stealing 20 shillings. You know, we have heard that. Mm-hmm. Or for not passing an exam. Uh, we have heard those things. It, it tells you that this did not just happen now. It is something that has been building over a period of time. And when that frustration gets to boil over, then this person can do anything. They can burn the house. They can break utensils. You can uh, kill someone, you know. Uh, so we are living in a society where the what we call mental health uh, status of many people is really, really down. And... Uh, People are not able to cope with frustrations and difficulties in life. And so uh, we kill ourselves, we kill one another. I, was, I had on the news, just I think it was yesterday, of this girl who jumped from uh, third floor in their house and, and, and killed herself. Those are signs that society is going through stress and frustration. And uh, we pray that People who find themselves in such kind of situation seek advice, seek counsel. Uh, before you take somebody's life, before you take your own life, uh, go to someone and talk to them and say, so-and-so is really frustrating me. Uh, what do you think I should do? You know, And you can be guided on how to handle that situation, whatever that source of frustration is. Uh, whether it is your wife, your husband, your children, your friends, your colleagues at work, you know, whichever place, uh, go to someone and talk to someone and, and just let them know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so frustrated. I am I'm so angry with uh, so-and-so. And that is a normal thing, you know, sure. to be frustrated, to be angry is a normal thing. Jesus was so angry that he went to church and turned tables upside down, yes. you know? <laughs> so it is not an unusual thing for you to be angry. But the Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. When you kill yourself, when you kill somebody else, when you uh, injure somebody else, when you destroy property because of your frustration, then now you have entered into the realm of sin which the Bible says we should not get into. Yeah. Here in, in Sitam, we offer uh, free counseling services. So you, you, can, you can call, you can uh, talk to someone, and they can assist you. Uh, and, and this is across all our assemblies. And if you're in Nairobi, here in Sitam Valley Road, you could get to be assisted before you do something that you will live to regret. Mm. That is if you don't kill yourself. Yeah. But uh, the long and short of it is that we, we're in a time of great stress across the globe. It is not just Kenyan. It's across the globe. It, it's it's um, statistics show that uh, homicide, as they call it in the U.S., murder and, and suicide and the drugs taking is... Um, on the increase, on the increase. 
but there is hope that's why we we are here please if if, if you're listening to us and you're at that point there is help for you right here at Sitam Valley Road and any Sitam assembly near you, the number you need to call and talk to a counsellor is 0709-861-240. That is 0709-861-240. That's our counsellor's number. Please call the number or WhatsApp the number and say you need help and you'll be helped and it's free of charge. Please, please do that. Please do that. Or if you know somebody who needs the service, please direct them to that. Let's now move to matters, leaders, and followers, Bishop. Wow. I, I feel like, uh, <laughs> having talked that, uh, Grace, yes. I feel we should pray with somebody who may be listening yes. and is in that state of stress, mm. of discouragement, uh, of, of feeling like killing someone, you know? Maybe they're even planning. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to deal with this person. And and God can help you. Yes. Uh, to, to get out of those. You are thinking of killing yourself because you just can't take it anymore. Uh, we can pray with you even right now before yes. you reach out to a counselor that God will help you in that situation so that you don't harm yourself, you don't harm anyone, uh, you don't destroy your future and the future of other people uh, just because of your frustration. And if you are listening to us, uh, just Let's pause and just pray together with you at this point. Everlasting Father, we want to thank you for giving us this opportunity this morning to be online. We do not know who is listening out there. And there's every possibility that there's someone who is listening and is so frustrated with life whether because of the things that are happening on them or because someone who is frustrating them. It could be a family member. It could be a spouse. It could be a colleague at work. It could be a boss, somebody who has just uh, done things that have caused them to be so frustrated and they feel like they can even kill someone or kill themselves or destroy something. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to that person and Lord, first I pray that you'd lift up that burden uh, that is weighing down on them and just cause them, oh God, to experience the peace and comfort that comes from you and the relief that comes because you have said, come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lord, may they experience that rest at the beginning of this year so that the rest of the year, they can enjoy the peace and comfort that comes from above. And this situation, Lord, that is frustrating them, may you resolve it in one way or another that uh, they will not have to do anything that they can regret in future or even take their own lives. Most of all, I pray, dear Father, that you would reveal yourself to such individuals if they do not know you, that they may turn their lives over to you and receive you as Lord and Savior, because this is the ultimate solution to all our problems and sorrows, because you give us the Spirit of God, who is a counselor, who is a comforter. And so I pray for anyone who is out there and would like to turn their lives over to Jesus Christ, that you speak to them, O oh God. And if you are listening to us and you would like to make that commitment, say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning and I turn my life over to you. 
Forgive me my sin and make me a child of God. Help me to live for you and to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please let us know if you have made that prayer and if you would need any help so that we can help you in whichever way we can. Amen, amen. Amen. Yes, and please talk to us. Our number is 20933 for the SMS and our WhatsApp line is 0717400555. That is 0717400555. Say I've made that prayer to recommit my love to the Lord or to be born again. We'd love to link you up with uh, our pastors for discipleship and of course for further guidance and for prayer. And thank you for making that decision. Amen. Experience the hope. This is Hope FM, where you listen and live. Amen. And now let's uh, get to our discussion of the day for our first session of the Leadership Forum this year, uh, focusing on motivation. Karibu Bishop, a very interesting one. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you. I just thought um, as the year begins and looking at leadership, we are living, just as we have already said, living in very difficult times. Um, and it is not a Kenyan problem. It is a global problem. The stresses that we are facing uh, in our society, in our country right now, many people are stressed up. And it is not just individuals. It is even organizations. Uh, we were being told uh, during this uh, Christmas break, I, I watched uh, a documentary just giving the number of businesses that have closed in the last year, uh, big and small, uh, just wound up because they could not survive. And so there are, there are leaders that are facing those kinds of situations where uh, you, have, you don't have salaries to pay uh, your workers. You, you are not able to make ends meet. What does a leader do in this kind of situation? Uh, there are many things that we can say about the leader, but I want to focus more on what the leader can do to help his or her team uh, to navigate this situation. And uh, so I, talk, I, I thought we could talk about motivating your team members, yes. how you can motivate your team members. Many times people think that uh, workers will only be happy uh, when when they are paid and when they are paid well. Good money. <laughs> Good money. <laughs> uh, that is true because we need money to be able to meet our obligations. Uh, but then you find yourself in a situation where that money is what is not there, you know, as an organization. We, we don't have the money. Yes. So how else can you motivate workers so that they are able to continue to work and to serve 
even though you may not give them what they expect and sometimes may even go without a pay for a period of time as you uh, try to navigate very difficult terrain, financial, economic terrain in your organization. Studies have shown that motivation uh, for, for workers is not just a monetary issue. In fact, money is the lowest motivator. Uh, and, and it doesn't always bring total fulfillment. So good leaders have are people who are able to motivate their workers with or without money, or mm. let me say beyond money. Yes. Yeah. And you, you, you'll find that there are people who are ready to serve the organization, uh, provided they understand that we are in this ship together, and uh, we are navigating a very difficult and stormy uh, area, uh, but we will make it. And so if the captain can assure us that things are tough right now, but it's a, it's a turbulence that may last for a while, but we, we, we hope we can, we can get out of it. Mm. Then there are people who are willing to sacrifice and, and do what they are, can, can be able to do. So it requires good leadership to motivate your people uh, in order for them to continue uh, serving the organization. And this is not just also in times of crisis, even uh, when you are doing well. Yes. Uh, don't just throw money at your people. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm paying you so well. Why? What else do you need? You know, mm. <laughs> people say those kinds of things. Mm, the yeah. people out there who yeah. are being fired. You yeah. have money. You have money. Mm. What? What are you looking for? You know, I. You have never. We have never failed to pay you. So, what is your problem? So, money is not to be thrown at people, and money is not the only motivator. Uh, there are other ways that we can motivate people. And that's what we, we want to talk about uh, in, 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 this, in this session. Mm. We, uh, it, it's been shown that many people in the workplace go through stresses uh, of different kinds at different times, not just in this time when, when we are uh, all stressed up. But at any given time, even in the good times of life, uh, somebody somewhere may not be going through very good time. So a good work environment is so very important in helping people to navigate uh, stressful uh, times, yes. uh, stressful experiences. So the first thing that any leader wants to do is to create a positive working environment. Mm. A place that people look forward to going to. When I'm stressed in my house, in my home, I look forward to going to the office, <laughs> at least for some release, <laughs> for a change of environment. <laughs> you know? Mm. Uh, because uh, when I get into that space, the ambience, uh, the relationships, yes. the work environment are also very encouraging. 
that helps me to forget uh, that I, ha I still don't have school fees, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. or that my wife beat me last night, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. Oh, or I'm having trouble with my children or, or, or the landlord or the landlord mm -hmm. for that matter. Yeah. So uh, I come into this work environment that is just encouraging. That is something that we can do as leaders, create a positive work environment. Okay. Yes. How does that look like, Bishop? Is it, um, for the sake of anyone following us, Yes. is it that just the ambience, because I, I think I read an article somewhere and somebody was showing me a video where there is an organization where, um, like, the work environment, the, the office is not an office, like the ones we have here top media you know yes. <laughs> <The best. laughs> or many other or for the listeners and viewers it's you know the couch that you can you can work literally if you want to go and sleep you can take a few minutes there is a place designated for you to go have a nap you know there is different kind of beverages for you you have your coffee or your tea uh, sits a couch kind of like posh completely is that it it, it, it that is part of it that is part of it. They, there is the physical, just the physical uh, work environment. They, if, if your office is all a mess, you know, you are squeezed at a tight corner somewhere. Uh, when you enter there, you just get depressed, <laughs> you know. Mm, because looks that, like a dungeon. It looks like a dungeon. <laughs> yeah. uh, that will not motivate you, you to go to work. It can be a small office, but cozy. It's it's uh, it's nice. It's clean. It's uh, well decorated. Uh, so, it is not even the size, but it is a place where when you enter into, you feel relaxed. You feel uh, ready to work. So that the physical part of it uh, is that. So you'll find that the, uh, organizations that have been very successful try to make the work environment uh, the physical work environment to be good uh, to be conducive to the kind of work uh, that you are doing i went to a workshop uh, many years ago uh, this this was this people were making furniture uh, and and they were they were doing all kinds of things actually they were making this concrete blocks, uh, they're making glass, uh, and, and so on. Big, big, big workshop. That place was spotless, clean. Mm. As, they, as they are planning wood, as they are sowing wood, there's a suction that sucks the sawdust, you know, and, and all those things, it, it is sucked away immediately. So the floor is clean. The place is clean. You look at it and you're like, wow, this is so neat. This is so... So you work there, even as a carpenter, and, and you feel respected. You feel honored. Why is it that many people have now gone to private mortuaries? Why is it? Because previously, the very thought of going to a mortuary, I went to a mortuary many years ago. I don't want to say which one. Mm. 
many years ago, those days there were no private mortuaries. It was either mortuary or mortuary. You enter there and my friend, I just, you are traumatized. The bodies you have to jump over, some are decomposing, uh, and then you have to look for your uh, loved one. By the time you come out, you are traumatized. <laughs> you, and you wonder, the person who works here, living with this in this kind of environment, how do you even go home and eat? How do you go home and sleep? This person is dehumanized. Then you go to some of these private mortuaries, and I've gone into some of them, looking for, uh, uh, for our loved one. And it's a clean place you can eat there. Uh, the people who are working there are so, I mean, it's like the office. <laughs> you know, it is, it is clean, it is, uh, it is neat. Even when you are being shown around, it, it, you don't feel traumatized. Yeah. When you get the body of your loved one, they're like they're asleep. They are so well taken care of. So I'm using that to tell you that even in the worst place like a mortuary can be made to be conducive for the persons who have to work there. Uh, they can take tea there in the mortuary, in their office. And you don't feel like, how can you even take tea in this place? Because it is nice, it is clean. Uh, some of us have gone to these private public toilets. Leave that one, that's not a good example. <laughs> now I want to give you a good example. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the extremes. Oh my. Ah. My friend, you, you, you don't even know where to stand. <laughs> we get no, it. But I'm talking about now private. Eh? Okay, private Where you good. can go in yes. and you can sit there and eat. Yes. You mm. know, take your soda while you do your thing. Yes. <laughs> you know, because it is so clean, it is so neat, it is well taken care of. The people who work in those places, you don't even think that they are working in a toilet. It doesn't even occur to you. They are just doing job. Do you see? Yes. So that, those are extreme places of work. What about now your normal office? Oh, my. Where we are just <laughs> providing services. Surely it should be made physically conducive yes. so that when you enter into your office, you feel like, yes, uh, I, I am, I am I'm taken care of. <laughs> you know, that example will stick forever. <laughs> Which one? The toilet or the mortuary? Both of them. Both of them. Is my office private or public? Public, exactly. <laughs> so those two examples, you know, like walking into a public mortuary and walking into a public loo yeah. and then walking into a private mortuary and a private law. So is which one? Your office is where? <laughs> the environment, which is how conducive is it? So we can, as, uh, this, this, this calls on us as leaders yes. to create that environment. Invest a little in making uh, the office environment for your team members uh, to, to serve. Uh, uh, that gives them a sense of dignity that gives them a sense of respect, uh, that you value them. 
let me give this example. Yes. A, a long time ago, I don't know whether I have time to do so. You have some two minutes. Two minutes. Mm -hmm. I, I hope I can tell it in two minutes. A uh, long time ago, when I was, I was, um, I was, uh, uh, I think I was bishop of Sitam. So I visited one of our assemblies and uh, I was going to see, uh, just going around and then I went to see one of our intern pastors. And was, I, was, I went in there and found it, it was a container. There's no problem with a container office. But the path to get into that container office was so bad. And then in there, it was equally bad. I came back, I talked to the senior pastor, and I said, that office is not good. So he said, it's just for our intern. I thought to myself, that is a bad statement. <laughs> Very wrong. <laughs> Very wrong. <laughs> Very wrong. Our interns are pastors. They yes. counsel our members. They talk with our members. They pray with our members. That person who has come to pray with our past intern pastor does not care that this is an intern. They just know this is a sitam pastor. And so they must come into a space where they find this pastor, whether intern, camp, or full pastor or bishop, that they are coming into a good environment that reflects the image of the God we serve. And so I, I ordered that we, we re reorganize ourselves. And indeed, we uh, reorganized the whole place, created offices that are good, and, and, and our pastors were happy. So as a leader, don't say it's just an intern, it's just what. Those are people who represent, who will be talking to your customers, mm. who will be representing you in a different place. Yes. So they need to have a good work environment that encourages and motivates them to come to work. Okay. Thank you. At that point, let's ponder on that. We'll be back to look at more of your questions and, of course, proceed on with our discussion on the Leadership Forum today. Our topic is motivation. Talk to us on 20933. That's our SMS line, our WhatsApp line 0717400555 and at Top FM Live at Top TV Kenya on Facebook and YouTube. By the way, we are live. Share this link with someone, a leader, who will benefit from it. Or if you're a member, just take notes and then go share with you, your kiongos. Let's catch up with the news at Noon with Joseph Mahinki will be right back. Listen and live on 93.3 FM in Nairobi, 93.9 Western Kenya, and 101.9 Mombasa. This is the Leadership Forum. Consider if everybody did what you are doing, would the world be a better place? That's a principle for just checking whether what you are doing is correct. Welcome to the Leadership Forum, where we explore principles, practices, and perspectives of effective leadership. And welcome back to the Leadership Forum right here on Hope FM Listen and Live and also Hope TV Look and Live. My name is Grace Batisa. This is the last and final hour of the program. This is also the time we'll be taking time to look at your questions and comments on 0717400555. That's our WhatsApp line. Please drop us uh, any question that you have. We'll be getting to them. And allow me to sample a few of your comments before I invite back Bishop. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, Pillar just saying good uh, happy new year bishop 
thank you for talking about good working environment, especially in a time when employers are really putting employees under too much pressure to give outstanding results, but they end up not paying them for months. Mm. Eh, yeah. Jackie, and thank you for for tuning in. Please uh, engage with us, engage with us at Hop FM Live at Hop TV Kenya. We'll be getting to your comments and and your questions coming in. So, Bishop, we stopped at a good environment and ensuring all of your followers have a good working environment, regardless of them being interns or not. Okay, full-time, <laughs> part-time, or interning. <laughs> That's, that was serving. my take-home. They, they are all serving yes. uh, the organization and uh, they deserve to be treated well with some sense of dignity uh, so that uh, they can deliver uh, to the organization as they serve your customers. Uh, because like we said, uh, customers don't care whether it's an intern. I, I go to restaurants or hotels sometimes and, and you see the waiter has a, a, a label, intern. <laughs> mm -hmm. I guess it's because so that in case they mess you up, you should know, you should know that they are, they are interns. Um, whatever the case, even with that label, if they don't treat me well as a customer, I'll still go away thinking that restaurant, that hotel, you know. So I'll not remember that it was just an intern. Uh, why did you put him forward? Why did yes. you put her forward to yes. serve me mm. if, if you are not sure that they can deliver? So the, the, it, it is just an important thing to do. But uh, we were talking about how to motivate uh, your, your team members. And we said one of them is to make the work environment uh, conducive, uh, a happy place. And we said the first one is what we, have, we talked about before the break, the physical environment. Yes. Yeah, the physical environment. But there's also the non-physical environment. This is uh, what we call the, the climate mm. uh, <laughs> of the organization, the organizational yes. climate. Mm. And I think we talked about organizational climate a few sessions back mm, maybe with one boy oh maybe with one boy yes yes and we said the organizational climate has to do with the perception of the workers of how they are being treated within the organization mm. organizational justice no justice uh, is a different uh, thing we, justice has to do with the rewards too. it is also a perception yeah but it has to do with the uh, compensation okay. rewards oh, yeah. and procedures. On, on, uh, yes. Yes. Okay. But but uh, climate has to do with how I perceive. You you have heard people say that is a very toxic environment. I work in yes. a very toxic environment. That is a very common statement. A very common. Help us demystify <laughs> what 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 do followers mean when they tell leaders this is a toxic work environment. I can't work here. Yes, toxic. That's that's now the climate we are talking about, where. You f when you feel when you enter into that environment, uh, you know what uh, toxic is or toxics are. 
they are no good things. <laughs> they are no good things. <laughs> yes. But they are poisonous. Yes. They are they can choke you. When you enter into a place where they are toxics, you you cough, you sneeze, you mm. you know, uh, you, you feel struggle like to breathe. You struggle to breathe. Mm. It's toxic. Now what they are talking when they say they, this is a toxic environment, they are not talking about uh, literally the smell of the place. But they are talking about now the the social environment. When you when you get in there, you feel like you are socially choked. You you can't breathe. <laughs> Break it down, Bishop. You know, let's go slowly. Let's go slow. <laughs> so when you talk also, does it mean it means me relating with, with how you relate with how people relate with one another and particularly the leader so the leader and the follower relation that's one that's one but uh -huh. even just uh, uh, member to member ah yes okay and you see like like uh, maxwell says very well everything rises and falls on the leadership leader. the leader mm. sets the tone so if you have, if you you go into an environment, you go into perhaps you have gone into an organization, and you find people shouting at each other, workers shouting at one another. Where you know what you know, uh, know that that shout is from the top. Mm. Yes, it has trickled down. It has trickled down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. People cannot be shouting at one another when at the top. Uh, the leader is calm, quiet, treats people well with dignity and so on. That shout, there will, of course, there will always be exceptions. There are people who naturally uh, are like our MP that we, are, <laughs> <laughs> that we have talked about. Uh, they, they have problems with personal management of their emotions, uh, what we call emotional intelligence. So those those are exceptions but if you find that everybody's fighting everybody people are shouting at one another people are uh, angry at each other and 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 so on that is usually a, an environment that has been set by the leader or has been allowed to uh, get to that place by the leader yeah and so the very thought of going into the office of that kind of environment is not encouraging. Mm. I'm going there. Grace is going to be shouting at me. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> Grace has lost her grace. <laughs> so now she, I, I just don't want to go there. You yeah. know, you, you feel it is, it is toxic in, in, in the sense that you feel oppressed when you get in there. Ah. Uh, people are are not loving, they are not kind. Um, and sometimes you find it trickles even to customers, especially regular clients. Mm. Uh, they will know that the only way to get things done here is shout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when they arrive, well, you have not sorted me out. You know? I uh -huh. pressed my order this time and you have not delivered. So everybody is shouting at everybody. Everybody is undermining everybody. Uh, things are being done in an hand-to-hand way. You are never sure uh, where things are going. That is a toxic environment and is created or allowed by the leader. leader. Mm. So the leader has to ensure that the environment within which people are working, 
is not just physically conducive, but even socially conducive. So that when I come to enter into this space, it's a happy environment. Yes. We can disagree as is normal with human beings, but we agree with some level of decorum. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, we sort out things positively, you know. Uh, if, if I found that somebody sat at my desk, I don't slap them, you know. Uh, I say, oh, today you've chosen to sit at my desk, you know. You, uh, then we laugh about it and we are friends. Yes. That is a good environment. So you create an environment where people are friends, people mm -hmm. are supportive of one another, uh, people enjoy relationship with one another, uh, and so on and so forth. So that kind of environment, somebody will look, want to look, will look forward to going to their workplace because it is conducive. So even if I'm stressed in my house, even if the world is sitting on my shoulders, I can look forward to going to the office. There will be somebody I can share with, I can talk to, and say, hey, things are hard in my place. And somebody will sit down with me and say, what is the problem? Uh, they can talk with me and they can help me out of that situation. That's, that's a place you will look forward to going to work. Yes. And it's an environment that can be created. And there are such places where people support one another. Uh, if it's a, a Christian environment, they pray with one another. Yes. Just call your side and say, Graceless, you, you don't look like yourself today. What could be happening? And then you share with me and we pray together. Yes. And, and you feel the burden is lightened. Uh, the issues may not have gone, but uh, the burden is shared. That is a positive work environment. And in this season that we are in, where there's so much pressure, so much stress, uh, leaders need to create that in work environment. And let me tell you, when you have that kind of a space, it's rare that people will leave you. Mm. even if they are not getting the right kind of pay, you know. Yes. They, they, they want to hang around mm. <laughs> because mm. they don't want to jump from the fire to the, from the frying pan <laughs> into, into the, the fire, fire yes. you know. Yes. Um, that is so important. So the, the physical environment has to be conducive. Mm. The social environment has to be conducive so that people feel valued, people feel respected, people feel taken care of. When you create that kind of environment, work environment, your workers will be loyal. Mm. Oh, yes. They'll be loyal to you even if you're going through a tough time, you're not able to pay them or even pay them enough, they will be loyal because it is a good working environment in which people are happy. Now, there, there are a few things that I just wanted to point out that can help individuals or help the leader to take care of his or her members. People get into organizations for different reasons. Yes. Serving you is one of them, but usually it is not the top priority. 
That's the hard truth, huh? That is a sad but hard truth. Yes. <laughs> Not a servant. Yes. Mm. They, 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 I enter into an organization usually to serve a personal interest. That doesn't sound very good, mm. but it is the truth. That's why people will leave you. <laughs> after they, they have achieved. After they have achieved what they wanted, yes. they will leave you. So, or if they are not achieving. Ah, uh, two. Yes, mm. if they are not achieving what they, what, what they thought they could achieve, they will leave you. So, it is important for us as leaders to know what do people look for? What do people look for when they come into an organization? So that I can provide that for them and therefore make them happy workers. Will they say really, Bishop? <laughs> no, no. You, you don't have to say. Mm. They don't have to say. That's mm. why we are talking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. They, they are very obvious things. So what are some of the things that people look for when they get into an organization? One, personal development. Mm. You seem to agree with me. I agree. You agree. <laughs> <laughs> I need to grow. I need to grow. Yeah. So you'll find that when people come into organization, they want an organization where they believe they can grow. They believe that they can develop their skills. They can develop their talents. They can uh, grow in their social life. They can grow intellectually. They can grow professionally. They can grow in their career. All those have to do with personal development. So organizations that provide those opportunities have very loyal workers. So you may find that you're not paying them much, but they stick with you. Why? Because they believe here I can grow. Yes. I can develop myself. I can plan my future. Uh, but if they are looking at the future and the future looks bleak, <laughs> it doesn't matter how much you're paying them. They will exit. They'll go and look for somewhere else. So you, uh, I'm sure you may have met people who they tell you, oh, I moved from such and such a place. And you say, what? And they were paying you so well. That's a very high, that was a very good job, monetary-wise, because many of us look at that. Mm -hmm. Say, yeah, but there are no prospects. I think I'd yeah. reached my limit, uh, you know? You can't break through the glass ceiling. Yeah, the glass ceiling, ceiling mm. you know? <laughs> so they leave. Yeah. And you wonder, why are you leaving? We are paying you so well. They are looking for personal development. Yeah. And they are looking at it and they are saying, this place, you just give, give, give. You are paid, paid, paid. You go, go, but that's, go. You go, go home. <laughs> and that's it. It's finished. Mm. So as leaders, therefore, we want to look at how do we help our members to grow uh, in different 
aspects of their lives. What opportunities are there for personal development, uh, for them to expand their capacity? Uh, I normally want to think of it this way. Yes. That the people that have come to me are on transit. And I want to give the next person, the next employer, a better person than the one that came to me. Now, many people would not want to think that way. But it is a good way to think. Develop this person both for yourself, but also for the next person. So that by the time they leave here, there are, there are things that they can put in their CV uh, and, and would act as a, ped, a pedestal for them to step on to move to the next level. Mm. So don't keep people just mark timing. Uh, and, and mark timing does not necessarily mean uh, grade levels moving up, up the grades, but just that personal development. They, they have exposure. They have opportunity to learn. They have ex opportunity to explore new ways of doing things. Uh, they have opportunity to expand their thinking capacity, uh, opportunity to be creative. Uh, you know, those kinds of things help individuals to grow. And a person can feel, I am growing, I'm developing, I'm a better person uh, today than when I came here one year ago, two years ago, ten years ago. Uh, but if people are feeling that since I came here, I'm still the same person. If anything, I think I've gone down. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's tough. That, that, can be very, that can be very, very sad. Yes. So personal development is something that people look for in the organizations that they join. So you want to help people to develop themselves. Put in place... Uh, if you're a big organization, yes. some small organizations sometimes it's not easy. But for big organizations, put in place systems and structures for personal development for your various categories of, of staff, uh, from the lowest to the highest. Uh, put in place systems where a person knows that I can develop myself, I can grow uh, in, in this way. And that is not... It's not pegged on increasing their pay, as we said no. from the beginning. We, we, we said this is non-monetary. We are okay. looking at non-monetary motivation. Yes, factors. just in case someone joined us midway. <laughs> <laughs> Could be thinking no, we say that uh, the problem we are facing today is money. Yes. <laughs> so how can we motivate our workers without money? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it, it is not pegged on money. Mm. It is pegged on People feeling they, they, they are being taken care of. Uh, they are valued. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's why we talked about even the ambience of your office mm. where you sit. Mm. If your chair is pinching you uh, <laughs> whenever you sit, you don't look forward to going to go and sit at that seat. I will get orthopedic chairs. Yeah, you get get chairs that are conducive to the work that the person is doing. Is doing. Mm. The second one is uh, socializing, and I think I've touched on it. Um, provide an opportunity where people uh, 
cultivate friendships and relationships in their workplace. I know extreme cases where people are not allowed to talk. What are you people talking about? You're just talking, talking, and you're not working. My friend, you are social beings. <laughs> run away from that place of work. I'll run away. I'll, I'll, I'll resign. You'll from resign. That's, that's a toxic environment. That's a toxic environment. <laughs> yes. So you, you need a, to allow people space to enjoy the presence of, of, of one another. You know, uh, as a certain John Clayton says, if you want to make the most money, you must attract the best people. And to get the best people, you must make your workplace most fun. Wow. Make your workplace fun. fun. Yeah. Let people enjoy laughter, humor, um, uh, <laughs> I've remembered something. <laughs> you remembered something nice, I hope. <laughs> that fun and humor. Um, one day when I, was, I was leading a small team, and when they came to learn, they were imitating how I talk. I found it to be funny, and I just let them be. <laughs> I thought, okay, that's, that's, that's the way that helps them work better. Yes. So it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yes. why not? <laughs> Mm. Yeah, so allow people to, to have fun yeah. in, in their workplace. Some people think that when you allow people to have fun, productivity will go low. To the contrary, when people work in a, a happy environment, their productivity actually goes higher. Yes. That has been shown scientifically through research. But Alida could be asking, so where is the thin line? You know, there are some of those followers who just love passing time in the name of fun. Uh, and you get them, you ask them, I needed this done. Like, oh, 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 oh. But three quarters of the day, you'll find them just hovering yeah, around having fun. Where is the yeah. line? You, you have to require productivity. So being... Allowing people to have fun does not mean allowing them to be lazy or to be idlers and gossip and so on. So the fun we are talking about is not playing around. Yeah, we are not talking about playing around. We are talking about enjoying the work that you do and the environment that you, within which you do it. So we, we're not talking about just playing around. There will be time for you to go out and play. But we are talking about as, as we work, if you were to come to my office, it is not just serious uh, business. Mm -mm. You know, we can have a little fun, yes. uh, a little laughter, even as we share the very serious uh, issues that you have brought. Uh, so... It should not affect productivity. It should not allow people to be lazy and to be gossips, uh, just hanging around and idling around. No, that's not what we are talking about. We are talking about just an environment where people are happy and enjoy themselves. Okay. They, they look forward to come. Because the, the question that you ask yourself as a leader is, would my staff member look forward to coming to the office? Mm. If not, yeah. why? Mm -hmm. 
And once you have answered the why, rectify the why and give them a reason to come to the office or to come to the workplace. Uh, not everybody works in the office. <laughs> yes. <laughs> come to the workplace. Yes. And we have said the workplace can be the, the washroom. Yeah, private, please, private washroom. <laughs> private washroom. <laughs> <laughs> there are people who work even in the public ones. Yeah, and we pity them. Yeah. Self-expression and recognition. One Julia Hans says that everybody needs encouragement and everybody needs their work to be recognized. You need to encourage people in their work. Allow people to express themselves. Give opportunities for discussion and feedback uh, on, on the work that they are doing and give objective feedback the good the bad and the ugly so where things are good give uh, expression of appreciation uh, I really like the way you did this I, I appreciate this and, and so on where things are not so good sit down with the person and, and point out, here we could have done differently. Not say this was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the choice of words. <laughs> the choice of words. Yeah. So that they still get to know that uh, uh, you what they did was not acceptable, but they're not being castigated. They, they know that they can make adjustments, uh, do better next time. That gives motivation that gives, uh, gives them a sense of being appreciated. Because people also want to know where they're not doing very well, but they want to know it in a positive way. Yes. Yeah. So tell me what I'm not doing very well, but tell me in a positive way. Uh, then I can now go and make changes and make amends. That will provide encouragement. But if you're throwing work at a person, is this what you can do, you know? Uh, and I've seen people do that live, live. I've seen uh, somebody throw a file at a person, you know? This is what you can do. This, this is the best you can offer. Uh, people get afraid mm. even to present things to you. Yes. Because they don't know whether you will throw me at me this, <laughs> this uh, book or this uh, file or... Whatever it is, this meal <laughs> that I've prepared, uh, talking about house girls, uh, yeah. I've seen mamas who throw ugali at some people. That's wrong. <laughs> Very wrong. Just go prepare it yourself. <laughs> go prepare it yourself. Yes. We say that um, human beings working within an organization are assets. In fact, you hear many people say our most valued assets are our people. Mm. And then you see how they are, those assets are being treated. Then you realize 
there, they are not the most valued assets. Uh, other things are more valued. The difference between the physical assets, your computers, your building, your, your car, your, all those physical things that you use to facilitate work, the difference between those kinds of assets and the human asset is that the physical assets deteriorate the human asset develops. Yeah. You know? Yes. <laughs> it's true. You're looking like a... It's true. Yes. Your computer, after two, three years... Gone. It is gone. Mm. It's outdated. It collapses it has, on you. It has to be replaced. <laughs> yes. The human person, if treated well, after two, three years, they have gained so much they are worth much more. 10 years down the road, if they have been given a good environment to work uh, in, those are indispensable, you know? They, they, they are so valued because they have, they have the intellectual um, assets within them the things that they know about the organization, the skills they have acquired, the experience on how to handle different kinds of situations. So the, the, the human asset is an asset that grows with time and develops with time and gets better with time. It does not deteriorate. But you can put that human asset in a space where they, they deteriorate. If you put them in a toxic environment, they decay, they get corrupted, mm. you know? Yeah. So uh, two, three years down the road, you find, hey, what happened to you, Grace? You used to be so cheerful. You used to be, you know, like this and this. Say, where I work? Work is finishing I me. Work. <laughs> <laughs> it's toxic. <laughs> if it were not for that, I want to put food on the table. Oh. I would not be there. And oh. you can see this person is is really physically, socially, emotionally drained, finished. That is not a good thing. We should not aim at, let's aim at handling this asset uh, and giving it opportunity to, to grow. And one of the critical ones is that you give them a chance for self-expression. This self-expression will come in through just talking. Allow people to talk. Yes. Give feedback, uh, even to you as a leader. And, and they feel comfortable that I can come and tell you even tough things that are happening within the organization, and you will take it well. Uh, allow them to talk with one another uh, so this self-expression in communication, but also self-expression in creativity and innovation. Allow people to give you uh, new ideas. You, you, you came up with this idea that works very well. Uh, and for you, this is the only way things can be done. But human beings are creative. Yes. When given opportunity, they can think 
beyond the current, beyond the ordinary. And if you create an environment where people have freedom to express themselves, they, their minds expand, their minds think, and they can come up with ideas and come to you and say, hey, I was just thinking about this, uh, this different way of doing what we are doing. What, what do you think? And you may just find like, wow, that's a great idea. If you are a good leader. Yes. But if you are not, you say, who, who told you that? We don't do things like that here. <laughs> Yeah, so so uh, people will know whether they can come up with ideas or not, depending on how you treat them. So self-expression yes. is uh, another way to motivate people. When people work in a place where they feel uh, that their ideas are respected, uh, they want to stay there because it is part of personal growth and development, and, and people want to stay on board. Yeah. Let me pause there for a moment. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I once when I was when I was a young journalist, now nah, I'm old bishop. When I was young <laughs> <laughs> Let's say when you were younger. <laughs> when, I was, <laughs> when I was a younger journalist. Okay. Younger journalist. I, I served in you know, early in my career, served in one of the places where uh, the leader felt um you can't express yourself. Don't even give me feedback. Can I feedback yako? You know. And no wonder just, you are here. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. You see. So I'm. I'm. I believe that could be a representation, maybe of a few of our listeners and viewers who feel I serve under a leader who can't even come down to where we are mm. and and interact with us mm. or give us an opportunity to give them feedback on what we think, give us give them ideas of the innovation we've been thinking about for a long time that mm. could just take the organization mm. to the next level. How should this follower? Uh, go about such kind of an environment? And two, if we have such kind of a leader listening and watching, what do they need to do? Today we are talking more to the leader than to the followers. So let me answer your first, the second question. What does this leader need to do? First of all, to realize that they are denying themselves great ideas. Because um, as Christians, we believe that we were created by God. That's what the Bible tells us. And we were not just created by God. We were created by God in his image. Now, the theology of the image of God is expansive. It does not mean that we look like God uh, in, in the physical sense but that we reflect his being, his person. We reflect his attributes. We are an, a reflection of who God is uh, in many different ways. And one of the ways is creativity. God is a creative God. God is, uh, we can't say innovative, but creative because God creates from zero. But that creativity is associated also with, is related to innovation. Yes. So human beings can be innovative. God cannot be innovative. God is always creative. <laughs> we can discuss that. Uh, 
So the creativity of God is part of God's image in us. Human beings are the only creatures in the world, in the universe, who are creative. In other words, we are able to uh, explore. We are able to do things differently. There is no other creature in the world who is creative the way we are. They, because they work on instinct. So if you find any other animal, what they do is what they do. It can be very creative uh, in what they are doing, but that's all that they do. But for us, we're able to fly, we're able to swim, we can create cars, we can create artificial intelligence, we can, I mean, we have no limitation as to what a human being can do. That is the image of God in us. So when you have two people, three people, ten people in your team, those are creative opportunities. They have potential to uh, explode your organization with creative idea if you give them the right environment. environment. And if you allow them uh, to, to use their creativity, they can come up with ideas that you never even thought about. So if you do not do that, therefore, it means you are denying yourself as a leader an opportunity to get new ideas, to get new ways of doing things. You are totally denying yourself because you have only this one way that you found. <laughs> and you think it is the only way. My friend, 10 people, there are 10 other ways lying within, residing within them. Give them opportunity to just give you ideas. Not all ideas will work. Yes. Uh, I think I have, I have uh, given this example here uh, of my uh, visit once to, to, to Safaricom head office and finding this one floor of youngsters, jeans and t-shirts, noise and having fun and, and I asked the person that we were with hey what what is happening you have a conference for teenagers or something <laughs> no he said no this is our creative department wow. yeah so these people these young people in their 20s and perhaps early 30s most of them as I saw were most likely just 20s their only job is come every day and come up with ideas so when you hear Chomoka, Nanini, Fuliza, all those, they come from these young people. Yeah. And every day they come up with ideas and you put them in, a, as at that time I was told, they put them in a, a box. At the end of the week, they are all collected, they are read, and the ones that seem like are viable, then are, they begin to explore how they can be implemented and so on. And that's why you find that this organization is always coming up with new ideas. Because they have these creative minds that are constantly thinking of different things and different ways. Uh, they're not stuck in one way of doing things. You won't catch up with them. You won't catch up with them. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's get to question. <laughs> question, <laughs> question of the day on the Leadership Forum. Mm. <laughs> Jackie Sipile is asking Bishop. <laughs> It is well. Is it a norm that many employers have 
have deployed uh some always yell at their employees and howl insults at them when they don't deliver so jackie's asking is this a new norm uh, you know employers have deployed of shouting uh, we talked about it earlier we we talked about it earlier usually when people shout it is either of two things and a, or sometimes a combination. One is personality. There are people who, by nature, by their personality, they shout. They get annoyed at very small, over very small things. And therefore, that is their personality. Now, that they can be helped to overcome. They can be helped. And as I said earlier, but part of what our training does is to can help you to see how you can overcome that. So if you find people, not just bosses, even colleagues, you know, they, they just shout. They get annoyed at very small things or over small things. It is a personality issue. But sometimes it is frustration. Uh, a person is frustrated by a... Uh, a, a number of things that are happening in their lives at the same time. They are not achieving their targets. They are not finding the results they require. They, people are not treating them the way they want. Just at home, on the road, you know. So life can be frustrating. <laughs> and so some people take it out on those who are below them. Their children, their wives their workers because those are the only people you have control over yeah yeah so you will shout at your wife you'll shout at your children you'll shout at your workers uh it is easing that pressure and tension but in a wrong way mm. in a wrong way so again you can be helped yeah. uh with that and sometimes a combination of both mm. if it's a combination of both god have mercy <laughs> 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 if by nature, you get angry at very little uh, things. Yes. And then now there are things that are frustrating you. These are people we talked at the beginning who can kill someone mm. or kill themselves. Yes. Yeah. This, these people can harm somebody because by nature, I'm, I get annoyed at small things. And now there's a situation that is really frustrating me. And there's a person who is actually causing that frustration. I can't kill them. I can't shoot you. You know, those people also need help. Yeah. Okay. Sawa. One more uh, is asking, this one says, I agree with you uh, that this personal development applies heavily to churches. Also, you can't stay in a place where you are not growing. Thank you and be blessed. I've been listening to Hope for the last 18 years and this has been helpful to me a lot. That's why I'm still sticking around. <laughs> I've developed a lot. Kirui, Kirui Asante, please stick. We'll bring you more. We promise to develop you more. <laughs> and it's not just for churches. We are here we are talking about organizations in general. Yes. Whether it's in church or in your private company or in the nation as yes. an organization. Okay. Yes. <laughs> A gentleman writes and says, Bishop, I'm a very well worried follower, 
My pastor told us yesterday that if we don't want to work with him, we should leave the church. How do I take this as a follower? I'm really worried. <laughs> you need to be worried. I think that must have been a frustration, the kind we are talking about. You know, some of the things you say, ultimatums, if you can't do this, then you do this. You know, those are ultimatums that sometimes we give when we are frustrated. I hope he actually didn't mean that. There's a time, uh, Grace, I, 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 was, I was so angry, you know, holy, holy anger. You also get angry, Bishop. I've never no, seen I you don't. Angry. This was holy anger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I only get angry in a holy way, mm. you know. Mm. So I, I was seeing all, you know, we are saying we are Christians and then people are doing crazy things. I mean, society is, uh, is decaying and decadent. And, and our senior pastor here at Valero, so one morning I was so angry. I told them, you know, I do not want to hear that you are a Christian if you are not going to live a Christian life. And if you if you are not willing to change and transform, go, you know, <laughs> leave this place. And, and I told them I would rather have five people attending this church than 10,000 hypocrites. You know, just go and leave this place. Yes. You know? These were not workers. These were congregation, congregants. So when, when I, we left church and I had just, I'd just been appointed senior pastor, my wife asked me, hey, my, my dear, suppose they left. <laughs> what will Bishop say? Yes. What will you tell Bishop? Uh -huh. I got so worried. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, suppose mm. they don't come next Sunday. So I, I couldn't wait to see Sunday. I, I was actually afraid yes. of what might happen. But mm. when I came back to my, the place was packed outside. <laughs> <laughs> they kept double. <laughs> double. Yes. So later on, uh, when we were doing membership intake, and uh, we normally give people a chance to say, why did you join the church? Mm -hmm. So there's this family who tells tells us, you know, uh, sometime back, I, we, we, we normally attend a church somewhere, but we were late. So we just thought, ah, let, let's go to Valley Road and just worship with them today. So when we came... Uh, you were so angry that <laughs> you told people to leave if they are not willing to to live a Christian life. Yes. So my wife and I just thought, you mean there are people who still preach like this? This is going to be our church. So that's how we became, uh, we started attending this church. We moved with our whole family because we are also tired of uh, these uh, people who don't uh, live what they preach. Yes. So that's a long story. But just to say that sometimes a pastor can be frustrated. Yes. And uh, we hope he didn't actually mean that. Okay. And so you can try and do the right thing is the first thing. But if this were to happen again, and if, for example, they, they were to actualize that threat, then you need to also help your pastor. Yeah. Okay. Because that will not grow the church, that will not grow the organization. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the Leadership Forum. Join us again on alternate Mondays for deeper insights on leadership. The Leadership Forum, discussing leaders and followers.